Welcome to the Keto Call podcast. We are starting our second episode of our feedlot research call uh, of these next couple of months. Uh, we are going to be talking about beef on dairy crosses. Uh, at the beginning of the last episode, I, I actually mentioned that we have recorded two research calls with Dr. Tara Felix and Dr. Uh, uh, Jared Jaborek about uh, beef on dairy. But I actually forgot to mention about the podcast that one of the first episodes, number six, that we recorded with Dr. Fernanda Ferreira when she was working here at UC Davis. And uh, the interesting thing is that she is one of the authors. I'm going ahead and, and, and jumping in, Brooke. Uh, she is one of the authors this, of this paper. But I'm talking a lot, but I haven't called Brooke. So let me go ahead and call Brooke. Hello, Brooke. Hi, Pedro. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Is it a good time for a call? It's always a great time for a cattle call. Great, great. Uh, I I started the, the introduction of this episode just because I forgot to mention the episode number 006 that we talk about beef on dairy. I mentioned the 010 and the 0665. But if our listeners want to go to the 006, there's also an episode that talks about beef on dairy. And that episode, we covered the research that we are going to cover today, uh, but that wasn't published yet. But today we also brought a very uh, special guest. Uh, last time that I was mentioned, we had Fernanda, but today we actually have uh, the person who wrote this uh, uh, paper, which is Jessica Pereira. Hello, Jessica. How are you? Hey, Pedro. How are you going? going? Good, good. How is everything? So, Jessica... Uh, she was a PhD student at the time here uh, in uh, California, and now she's in Kentucky working on her uh, postdoc. So, Jessica, welcome. Thank you very much for accepting. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and talk about the project. So, Brooke, what is the project that we are going to be covering today? And I will let you and Jessica talk about the, more about the results, uh, and, they, and eventually I will jump in and ask any questions. Sure. So the paper we're going to talk about today is titled Use of Beef Semen on Dairy Farms, a Cross-Sectional Study on Attitudes of Farmers Toward Breeding Strategies. Um, and as you mentioned, our first author here is Jessica. Uh, so I'm going to quickly just, uh, if you go back and listen uh, to Fernanda's episode, she does go into details about the methods that they use, but I'm just going to throw a few things out before we get into the discussion of the results. Um, so they had a questionnaire developed to obtain data on the use of beef semen in California dairy herds. Uh, they used 33 questions to get information on herd info, beef semen management, and sex semen dairy management. And they divided the state into three different regions, uh, Northern California, the Northern San Joaquin Valley, and Greater Southern California. So that's kind of the main heart of the uh, of the of the survey. But if you go to the paper specifically, you can learn more about the specific questions that they asked. Yes. Um, yeah. So so like uh, I, I remember Fernanda talking, Jessica. I, I imagine. Uh, that wasn't an easy uh, study to do, probably like a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of data and, and asking those, making those surveys and working with that is probably not, not easy. But Yeah, it was like how to organize the data. Mm. Like, first of all, this first thing that we thought, oh, how are we going to ask them? How can we, like, capture the men 
important points, the main important information that we want to know about, like the use of this diffusion there. So, yeah, yeah. That's, really, that's a really good point. So uh, I, I'm sure like Brooke, and then you can you can lead this. So like when you, when you mentioned the main important points, what are the main important points for both of you uh, Jessica, when you're writing, and also Brooke, when you're reading um, the the publication. So first, Brooke, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of, I one thing I noticed, and in, in our last episode, um, we talked about a survey that someone else had done, and just the difficult part of getting responses from operators, especially in agriculture. And I, I noticed your uh, response rate was about 12% uh, or represented 12% of the dairy cows in the state. Did you have a hard time getting those responses? Did you have to send a lot of reminders, that sort of thing? Yes, it was not like easy. First of all, we thought, oh, I think we're going to get uh, more, resp- uh, more more answers from the producers. But yes, we sent, a, first of all, the first thing that we sent was a postcard asking, oh, we are going to send like this survey, please. Uh, if you have any questions about it, about it. So first, the first thing was the postcard, postcard asking them to participate for this, in this, this, this semi survey. Then we sent like the survey. We also created like a link to answer uh, all the questions online. And after 30 days, we sent another remind ask them, like for the producers that didn't answer our survey to ask them, oh, can you answer like this survey that we sent like a month before? We also are following like the the link if you want to answer like uh, the survey for us. So yes, it's not easy. So we got like around uh, 14% of response rate that is like, as we, if you saw in the literature, um, mainly for the, I think, California, we have like some professors that have been doing surveys and they got like around like the same response rate, 15, 16. That's good. That's yeah. really good. So, yeah. And, and then uh, this was a, a challenge. And, and Brooke just mentioned, we, we recorded our last episode with, uh, another researcher that did a survey, and I think it got similar response. So that's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty uh, average of of the amount of of uh, response rate. But so this was a survey to understand uh, what type of semen the producers were using, right? So when you look at the numbers, uh, is there something that comes out more frequent? For example, are they produ- were the producers using more? My a question that I always get is like, what is the breed that the producers were using more in this survey? Was Angus? Was Shirley? Uh, is there? So in our survey, we saw that most of the producers have been using Angus seeming, regardless of uh, their herd breeds. Like for Holstein herds or Jersey herds, most of them have been using uh, Angus seeming, and we can see like Jersey herds like are changing more like. Most of them were using angles, but we have a high variability of uh, beef semen use, Charolais, Limosa, Wagyu, uh, yes, and yeah. Pimentel. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's interesting, and it's uh, it's interesting for you to mention that the the Charolais is coming because I 
I think that's something that we we also see down here in the feedlots, right, Brooke? Yeah, definitely seeing a little bit more of that start to edge its way in. Yeah. So, uh, and but Jessica, one question that I have for you and is, uh, is there any reason why they use angles or uh, just like because they like angles or were they getting better paid on the angles? Why yeah, they, they are get, they are getting like a better price for those angles crossbred caps. Yes, mainly because of the the color. If they are like whole black, they are getting like paid on an extra for this. And also now, um, Pedro and Brooke, they are getting if they uh, do a real like a really good job at the first. Um, the first day of life for those crossbred mm -hmm. cats, they are getting a little bit more like a premium price for mm -hmm. their uh, good colors from management. Yes, that's that's a great yeah. point. The, the other thing around that... like ten dollars per around like five ten dollars per cat if they have if they don't have like FTPI that's like failure of transfer of facilities. That's a great point. We we actually expected to start a project on that right now, but we know that you also did a very good uh, work. Uh, looking at the, the effects of the animals that come to the calf ranch with FTPI or not. Uh, but so in this case, the producers were, let's say, uh, did you guys ask how much the producers were getting paid by the calves? How much money uh, extra on the crosses, Jessica? Do you remember the, the numbers? Yes, yeah, we, we asked them like, like a range, like this is less than 50, between 50 and 100, 100 and 150. So we saw like, uh, a rich, a huge viability on the cross, their beef crossbred price. So mainly for the uh, herds, the dairy herds that are using angle seeming. So there is some producers getting less than 50 per, uh, per like uh, one day old calf uh -huh. and producers getting more than $250 for, like, for one calf. That's interesting. So you had producers like it on the crossbred, uh, the hosting angus crosses, you were getting from less than 50 to more than 250. And, yeah, exactly. and there is not a specific reason for why they were getting that, right? They, they... Uh, we, with the data that we had, uh, we did an uh, analysis. Uh, we checked, oh, the, the question was, uh, with the data that we have here, can we see what are like the main factors uh, changing the price that is affecting the price? Mm -hmm. So we saw that uh, if they have they had a contract with a calf ranch, and depending mm -hmm. of the region of the state and the herd breed, they are getting like a better price. But this with mm -hmm. like the data that we had, we didn't ask about like uh, total protein or any other like management. But but there is a reason why they were getting a better play a better price is is probably because they had the contract or they were in a better location maybe yes close. exactly that's interesting yeah uh, any question Brooke anything like I'm so one one thing I thought was a little bit interesting and correct me if I read this wrong but it looked like your survey showed that all Jersey breed herds were using crossbred semen in their program right. Yeah, yeah, 100% okay. of like the, the Jersey produce that. That's, that was, I mean, it's not shocking because it adds value, obviously, to those bull calves, but I just thought it was interesting that we saw so, like, all of them doing it. Yeah, and this is a really good point because, like, 
the jersey male cast doesn't have like value. So the jersey producers are getting like at least I uh, I don't know at least uh, fifty dollars per a cast for a crossbred cast. So mm. this is a really good deal for jersey. No, that that's that's a great point. I mean, that doesn't mean that the the jersey producers were using a hundred percent cross, but all of the jersey producers that answered the survey. They were using some type of crosses, right? Yeah, basically they are using sectary semen uh, and beef mm -hmm. semen. That's a great point. Yeah. So uh, as you both mentioned, the Jersey bull calf has very, very, uh, let's say, low, low value. value. Non -value. Like five dollars per calf yeah. between five and twenty. That's that's interesting. No, that's great. Uh, any other question, Brooke? Um, the only other thing I wanted to point out, which I thought was interesting, um, because we talk about how this isn't a necessarily a new technology to use beef semen, but it looked like in your survey, about 58% of the farms had only started using this between the last one and three years. So it seemed like the majority are fairly new to using beef semen in their dairy herds. Yes, yes. So I think this is not new as if you're starting like checking some news or like literally checking on Google. And the main point that make like this get really spread out for more, a lot of producers is because of the, when, when we compare, oh, okay, what were the drivers that make producers start using this steaming. It's one the, the first thing that I can think is about like we have a a high use of uh, sexed steaming and because of like the improvement in reproductive performance. So we have a lot of um heifers going to the dairy and also going to the market. So we, uh, when we and these animals have a high cost like to to raise. So producers are losing money because if they want to sell those animals, uh, the replacement heifers, they are getting like low price when we compare like the raising cost to produce these animals and to sell them. So then like most of the producers, when they saw that they are getting like a good price for this crossbred calf and producers started doing that. And also when we compare with the male calf, this was okay. Oh, this is a good deal. But the point that made pro producers like starting breeding more and more dairy cows with beef semen was because the the lower price of the male calf. And I think Pedro can also add like some information about like the the view animals because the the public view about like those animals is not they are getting like more think more about like this kind of industry. They like, how are they treating the, those animals about the welfare and yeah. things like that, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's totally, uh, what you said is totally true, uh, Jessica. I think the advancing the use of sex semen uh, is something big. Uh, using beef on there is, is, is not new, like you said. Like, like I remember when I first came here, people were saying, oh yeah, we've done that in the past. We've done that in the past. Uh, but the two points that you mentioned that are, I think is very important is 
the advance in the use of sex semen and also the the great uh, I mean the big expenses in raising a, a heifer. So we had a surplus of dairy heifers. So it was the double, almost the double of the price to raise an extra dairy heifer than going to the market and buying or or selling it later. So I think those yeah. are the bigger drivers. Uh, and also, yeah, the great value of the calf. I mean, paying more for for a crossbred, why not using them? Uh, so I think that's those are great important points. I think uh, one question that I and I know you you have this uh in the the survey when you ask the producers were they using these uh beef semen more on heifers on first lactation on third lactation is there any answer for which type of cows they were using that more yes most of them are using after the third lactation so older cows that they they probably like Mm -hmm. yes and they Heifers, first and second lactation are getting uh, successful. So these uh, supposed better genetics, let's yeah, read that uh-huh. with the sex semen. And then the, the I won't say the worst genetics, because mm-hmm. I'm assuming all of the, the genetics are good. So the older cows uh, are getting the, the beef, beef semen. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Uh, any other thing, Brooke, that we... We covered it's a, it's a it's very nice to have the author here so we can yeah it's it's nice think and ask questions while we are talking yeah i don't have any other i think we hit the main points that i thought were the most important again the study has a ton more information if the listeners want to go back and read through it it's a great article really great information no that's nice i'm gonna before we finish i'm gonna put jessica in spot here so i have two two quick questions to her one is like Jessica what is the main thing that you like you took out from this survey what is the what is the a statement when somebody asks you what is the most important thing that you got from the survey and the, you can you can be thinking about that while I ask the second question and the second question is uh you moved from the west coast to the east coast now is beef on dairy also uh, big there, like uh, you see dairies in Kentucky or like, or I know you, you were doing some studies in Ohio. Are people out there also using beef semen as much as here in California? Uh, so the first question, uh, when actually uh, this week, uh, one of the students here, he asked me like, oh, can you send me your paper? Because I want to discuss your paper in my class. Uh, and he asked me like the same question. Okay, so that's good. (laughs) What is the main thing that I, if someone asks me about like this paper, this research, like first, it's not easy like to organize all the data, the information, and to put like all the questions that you want to ask to 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 understand more about like this management. And the first thing that I can think like about our results is okay, like most of the dairies are using this theming, and the main point like if they to have a really good plan, uh, like a management plan, they can like improve, um, get like getting better um, price for those crossbred calves. If they do like a really good job uh, breeding their like uh, the cows that they don't want, like a replacement heifer from these animals, if they do a really good job on the colostrum management, they are gonna get like a 
really good uh, price for those crossbred cats. And also having a contract a contract with someone like to buy those animals to guarantee that they're gonna okay on um, those animals are going like to this place to be sure that someone are gonna buy those animals okay. yes. oh. um That's the second ah yes here uh-huh um i read like there's a some people from Cornell, they did, I think it's from Cornell, they did a like a uh, survey, like asking people from dairy, people from this area. And yes, they are also using beef on dairy here too. And there is, uh, this dairy that I'm working with now, they are using beef steaming in all of the cows. Like almost, I'm not gonna say 100% because uh-huh. they are getting like some uh Holstein calves, but like it's um, 90% for sure they they are like breeding mm. their cows with beef steaming. That's interesting. In I mean, England, yes, uh-huh. it's a Holstein dairy and they are using beef steaming. That's nice. I'm not sure if they do have like a contract, but yes, yeah, they are doing like an, an amazing job with the colostrum management. Awesome. That's great. That's also good to hear that. I mean, yeah. That's that's really good. Even though this is called a feedlot uh, research call, it's very nice because <laughs> what we are talking is actually going to impact the animals uh, in the feedlot. So uh, I appreciate that you joined us, Jessica. Thank you very much. We are going to leave your contact information in the description of the episode if somebody wants to get a hold of you and talk more about that. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, too, for inviting me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Brooke. Any other question, Brooke? Anything that I forgot to mention? No, nothing for me. Okay. So thank you both for joining us. Thank our listeners for listening to us. Uh, it's been, I mean, I'm excited about this uh, series because that's a very interesting topic. It is something that we get questions a lot. And as I mentioned, we are currently doing a study on, on the beef uh, on their crosses. So I appreciate you listening to us. If you want to see the description of this episode, please Uh, Sign up for the newsletter uh, in the description of the episode as well. Uh, And to receive our updates, just follow us on social media. Everything is uh, under uh, the description. And uh, remember, it's always a good time for a cattle call.